seriously popular. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Chris, what did I say to you about Darwin Nunes just before Christmas? Can you remember? I don't remember anything you I don't remember anything you say to me. It goes in one ear and, and out the other. What I did say about Darling Darwin was that nobody hits the crossbar quite like Darwin Nunes. That's what I said. <laughs> and uh having you were there at Anfield last night and he's still doing it four times. Nunes hit the post against uh, Chelsea. Well, hit the hit the frame of the goal, as they say on TV. Yeah, I think that's eleven times this season. I've got thirteen on my right. note. Is it thirteen? Well, there you go, thirteen. You've superseded me uh, again. But yeah, uh, but actually, that doesn't doesn't sort of tell the whole picture, does it? Because that sounds like uh, he's not having an impact. He ran the Chelsea back line ragged. Last night, there are so many good things uh, a, a, about his game. He was powerful, running in behind, bullying the Chelsea uh, defenders when the ball was coming into him, and an integral part of uh, of Liverpool's performance last night. Well, I have. I mean, I have been saying for a while, Chris, that Nunes is that type of player who you cannot keep your eyes off. He's like one of those blokes in a, in a nightclub who's kind of dancing in a completely different way to everybody else. Looks slightly peculiar, <laughs> but you can't stop watching him. And he is he is like that. I would ask you one question, though. You know, when Hang on, when the was bar, the last time you were in a nightclub? You know, last time I was in a nightclub, <laughs> let me think. I reckon, I reckon, at least 10 years. At least 10 years. I once went into a nightclub... What? I once went into a nightclub about 10 years ago with Sammy Mockbell, our chief football reporter, who's younger than me and better looking than me. And I, I mean, I just, standing next to Sammy, standing next to Sammy, it was like, it was like putting a child's painting next to a Picasso. It really was. You didn't have to add the detail that Sammy was better looking than you. Most people are <laughs> in the world. Well, some, some people but, are. Uh, so involved. hang on a minute. So at 44, you went into a nightclub. That... <laughs> Look, that that's a, is shameful. I, well, I definitely went into a nightclub in Madrid on my mate's fiftieth on the, uh, my mate's fiftieth birthday party, and I've just been to his sixtieth. Uh, 
so I was definitely in one in Madrid when I was when I was forty when I was forty four. There we go. But they do things differently in Spain. Um, so what I was going to say to you, you know that one where um, that one from last night where Nunes hit the long shot that eclipsed the bar and goes over. I don't really count those as hitting the bar. Do you? But when a ball hits the bar, it's well, not... Well, but it's not going in, is it? No, if you hit the bar, pop, it's like, oh, that was close. But when they just clip the bar on the way over, it's not close, is it? That really should just count as going over. Well, well you, you've used that stat, haven't you? It's, what, 13 times it's hit the hit the yeah. crossbar or the, or the post. So that has to, you know, has to count. That was one where he actually, I thought he should have taken it on and uh, it, he would have been 1v1 with Thiago Silva. Um, I had a bit of a stinker in commentary last night because I was giving Thiago Silva such praise for the early part of the game, and then the wheels came off. Well, all be because I Joan, all because I Jonahed him. So you were at Liverpool, you were at Liverpool Chelsea game for for BBC, and um, uh, but and I watched it on the I watched it on the television. Well, I watched it on the television when I'd turned over from watching Trigger Point, which is magnificent, by the way, uh, Vicky McClaw. Um, and from what I could see, Thiago Silva wasn't wasn't the only. Uh, Chelsea player who was having a shocker. They were dreadful, dreadful out of possession w- once again. Um, Pochettino's got big problems there. They 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 still look like a team to me that, that that aren't being coached very well. But back to Liverpool. So Nunes hit the bar four times. That he was the first player, the first player ever to do that in a Premier League game. Um, there are four players who hit the bar three times or hit the post three times in a game. JJ JJ Akocha, Cristiano Ronaldo, Timo Werner. And Leandro Trossard have all hit the bar or post three times in a game. Why are you bringing up the? What? Hang on a minute, right? So I get the Nunes thing, and we're talking about he hits the post um, Mm. bar four times. Why are you? Mm. Why are you telling me that the players' names have hit the post bar three times? Do you think I'm going to call my kids in from the garden and my wife in and say you never guess what? I mean, what a useless. If if your kids are in the garden. If your kids are in the garden at ten to eight in the morning, then you've got bigger problems, <laughs> bigger problems down there in Norfolk than I'd thought you had. I'm saying it. Come in, come I'm, in, everyone. I'm, JJ Cotter's hit the post and bar three times. Yeah, come in, everybody. Who I know, cares? Come, come in, everybody. I know you've been. I know you've been there all. I know you've been there all night. Come in now. Um, um, uh, right, sorry, you've lost my train of thought now. I was briefly there. I was briefly thinking of, of, of interjecting with an old Bob Monkhouse joke, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I can't remember it properly. Um, but I only chose that stat because TNT, um, Darren Fletcher and Ali McCoy, who are excellent, by the way, on TNT last night, um, they delivered that stat during the game. So I thought, well, if they think it's interesting, it must be interesting. Maybe thanks, not. Thanks um, for your support. Thanks for Thanks for your support. Listening to your partner on Five Live or TNT, yeah, you crack on. That's what now friends look, are for. Liverpool are cruising, absolutely cruising. They go to Arsenal on Sunday. They're going to take some incredible form into that game. It will be really interesting to see if the young fullback Connor Bradley plays. Um, he's been deputising for Trent Alexander-Arnold to great effect. He now has as many assists this season as Bruno Fernandes does for Manchester United and he's only played two or three games which is a slightly facetious comparison but I've made it anyway the question I do want to ask you is this Trent Alexander-Arnold is fit now I think you know where I'm going with this the fact that Liverpool appear to have a young lad 20 years old who can play right back as well as Bradley did last night does that release Trent into midfield? Uh, I think I think it's a fascinating debate 
I tell you what I thought was interesting uh, last night, Ian, um, that Jurgen Klopp had uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold on the bench and Andy Robertson, and they've been his go-to fullbacks for years and years and years, and uh, and they have been excellent. But I think it was a great message which he actually sent out, uh, you know, to them and and the rest of the team that Connor Bradley's played superbly well. And so is Joe Gomez. Yes. And the the, the fact that he has kept those players in, they have the jersey at this moment in time. And uh, and it's a message that to Trent and and Andy Robertson that, you know, you're going to have to work your way back into the team. I actually think, uh, I may be wrong, I actually think that it will be the same at the weekend. And I think Connor Bradley is undroppable at this moment wow. in time. Then then you're into that debate um, whether Trent should play in the, the, the centre of midfield. But last night, the the balance of the team and, and how hard they worked and got up to the ball, uh, Curtis Jones, um, uh, uh, Zobber's lie and, uh, and McAllister, they were, they were phenomenal the way they pressed. So, uh, you know, Trent's, Trent's going to have to bide his time a little bit. But it is a squad game. I think Jurgen Klopp has said that this season. And, you know, eventually they will get the opportunity. But it doesn't half bode well for Liverpool. You think about their strength in depth. And they've also got the biggest of guns coming back in, in Mo Salah eventually. I'm going to be, I'm going to pour a little bit of cold water on all that romance and be a little bit cynical about this and take the view that it's a massive game on Sunday. If Liverpool beat Arsenal, there'll be eight points clear with them that won't quite knock Arsenal out of the title race but it'll certainly set it will. them back it won't but it'll certainly set them no, back it will it'll certainly set them back so if I was Jurgen Klopp you pick your strongest team you pick your strongest team for the biggest games Trent Alexander-Arnold's fit I'm sorry I'm sorry Conor Bradley you've had a brilliant run you'll get games again but I think you're on the bench for this one um, brilliant statistic get by the ready way. to get ready to wipe a huge dollop of egg off your face. No, that, well, that's fine. On Monday, that's fine. That's just a prediction. That's fine. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not telling everyone that I know this. Just a just a prediction. Um, Gary Neville, Gary Neville um, said on um, his podcast recently that if Arsenal, he thinks Arsenal could possibly switch their season around this time. And what I mean is, last season they had a brilliant first half when they when they just about won every game and then fell away second half. He still thinks there's potential for Arsenal to do that in reverse and run through the second half of the season unbeaten and put themselves right back in the mix. I saw them play at Forest on Tuesday. They weren't over-impressive. I don't see that happening at the moment, do you? No. No? You think they're done, don't you, in the title? No, I don't, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think they're done. No. I think the... I think the debate about a centre forward uh, is going to haunt, uh, you know, Arsenal, you know, that whole scenario. And it's, it's as simple as that. I still think they're a good team, but I, I, I think they had a better chance of winning the Premier League last season than they do this season. It's a must win for Arsenal at the weekend against Liverpool, as far as I can see. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another team that needs to win some games is Everton. Everton at home to Tottenham on Saturday. Um, dry January would appear to is over for everybody, but maybe not for Everton. They just cannot score. Sean Dyche's team no win in four after previously winning five on the spin to get themselves away from the relegation zone. They've scored two goals in the last six games in all competitions. They've got a new financial fair play case hanging over them currently in the middle of appealing the 10-point penalty for the first sanction. Um, they need to get going quickly. They've just been knocked out of the FA Cup at home by Luton. And what they do need, we've been here before, they need some goals from Dominic Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who has not scored at all since October. Too simplistic that, though, isn't it? They, they need some goals, you're right, but they need some goals from all areas uh, of the team. <coughs> not just... Um, not just Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and it's about creating opportunities. It's, it's interesting, their recent run of games. In the Premier League, there have been three nil-nils in the last uh, six games. So we can see that the way Sean Dyche is, is setting up and trying to hang on in games and, and, and play with a bit of balance. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin could, could do with some more goals. He could do with a bit more consistency in his performances. But the team have to be more creative as well, Ian. But I'm only, I'm only I'm saying that to you because at the start of the season when I was very negative about Everton's chances and you were, you were constantly reminding me of that when they were doing well a month or so ago, you said to me at the start of the season when I was being negative, they'll be all right if Dominic Calvert-Lewin comes back to form and fitness. Well, he's come back to fitness. He scored a couple of goals early. early form, like it, exactly. So it is a, it is an issue for them. It's difficult to, it's difficult to, to do anything in football without a functioning centre forward. And at the moment, they haven't got one. Just give me a little bit of insight because all, all goal scorers, whoever they are, go through uh, spells where they don't score for four, five, six games. Sometimes it goes longer. Just give me a bit of insight into how that plays in the centre forward's head, whether they feel uh, guilty, uh, frustrated, what what they like at what you like at home. Do you practice more? What's it, how do you feel in the dressing room? Do you feel that everybody's looking at you? Just give me a bit of a just a just a, a quick insight there. Um. Oh, blimey! Where do you want to start? Uh, yeah. Look, I think you make some some fair points. I think it, uh, as as a centre forward, you're judged on on your goals. You've judged 
Dominic Calvert-Lewin on the fact that, you know, he hasn't scored for for a long time now. But, you know, it's interesting we're giving uh, Darwin Nunes uh, a lot of praise for his performance, the way that he led the line against Chelsea last night. And yet 13 shots, had a lot of chances, should have taken them. Uh, you know, he probably lacks a bit of confidence with his finishing, but at least he's getting the opportunities. That would be that would be the worry for Dominic Calvert-Lewin if he's not getting the chances. Uh, and then there's that that hesitancy when you when you're just slightly off it, or you you know your your chances are a, a, a few and far between that you maybe snatch at them a bit more. My, my thing was just through training, just repetition, repetition, practice, practice, practice. Lots of different uh, shooting scenarios, heading scenarios, crossing one v ones. Practice absolutely everything, and just just do your best to be ready. So when the opportunity does come, then then you take it. But I think it's natural, not just in football, but in 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 any sport, when you're flying and full of confidence, you don't think about things too much. Uh, I used to I used to take my problems home with me all the time and, and maybe overthink things and i probably still do on here with you yeah you certainly you certainly um you, some players certainly do 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 that and others are able to leave it at, at the door aren't they um i mean so seriously you say you should but take it affects it your whole it, it affects your yeah. whole life ian it, you know it it, mm. it does because there's a you know there's a there, there's a pride everybody wants to do well uh, uh, you mm. know, at, at their particular job, and I think footballers are the mm. same, and they're perceived in a certain light. Uh, you know, uh, unfairly a lot of the time. But every player I played with, or virtually every player I played with, cared. You know, mm. and 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 if you have a bad performance, it affects everything. Now there was there was a bit of a, a spat about goals in Tottenham's win against Brentford uh, last night. Uh, Neil Mope, the uh, Brentford striker, uh, opened the scoring for Brentford and chose to mimic James Madison's dart-throwing celebration. That went down badly with James Madison. Uh, all got a bit ugly, a bit of pushing and shoving. It was still going at the end of the game, uh, a bit of aggro at the end of the game. Both managers asked about it. They both looked grumpy as hell about it. Um, what do you make of all that? Neil Mope couldn't lace James Madison's boots. What is it? What is he doing? Honestly, what an idiot. Everybody knows that Madison is 10 times the player that, that Neil Mope is. Um, why he did it, I don't know. You can say it's a bit mischievous. Uh, you, you know, describe it as you want, but it, it was foolish. What I mean, is it- Madison, is, Madison, is, Madison is Waitrose. Mope is little. Superb. Good analysis. Like it. Asda. Um like it, but Hans Postecoglou, the Tottenham manager, wasn't overly impressed with, with with any of it. Basically, it came out afterwards and told his players just to concentrate on playing football and, and, and crack on with it. Yep. What what grabbed my attention was Mope's Instagram feed that I spotted just as I was going to bed last night. So Mope's gone on Instagram. He's posted a photograph of himself doing the dart celebration. Got got to understand that they've lost this game. They've lost the no, game. T- totally. Right? Hang on. So, so, he's, yeah. so he's posted a photograph of the dart celebration. And then he said, gutted we couldn't get the win. I've got more goals and less relegations in my career than James Madison. Well, first things first, Neil, you're a centre forward. James Madison is not a centre forward. So I'd think it'd be deeply embarrassing if you weren't to have more goals than him. And also, 
this is a guy, yeah, he's just scored four in four. He scored four on the bounce mope for Brentford. Previous to that, he, he, he was he was playing as though he had he was playing as though he was wearing concrete wellies. I mean, now he's now he's behaving on Instagram as if he's got a record that George Best would have been proud of. I just find it a little bit no. peculiar. But do you know the most the most serious thing about it all? Um, and some people like all this sort of thing. Brentford are in a relegation battle. Ex- yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, and that and that's the biggest thing. And if if I'm his manager, I'm absolutely furious that he's mm. he's bothering getting in in petty spats on mm. on social media when the most important thing is for him to find his form at Brentford. It doesn't look like his eye is on the uh, on the prize and, and and his head is in the right place at this moment in time. And that would be my worry. There's he may well have a relegation on his hands. This season. Some footage, so he needs to was, pull his finger out. There was some footage of the Thomas Frank press conference when he was asked about it by, I think it was Matt Law of the Daily Telegraph, and Thomas Frank didn't seem overly chuffed with the whole thing. I must admit, although he might have just been pissed off because he'd he'd he'd, he'd lost the game. It, it is odd, and, and and before we move out of it and onto something else, it, what I find strange about it is that it wasn't so long ago when we were all feeling sorry for Mopi because he couldn't score. There was that dreadful, that bizarre footage of him when when Brentford played at. Uh, Chelsea, when he was actually through on goal late in the game and had so little confidence in himself that he didn't even shoot. He tried to pass it to somebody else. And here he is now, 4-4, four and four, kind of giving it the big one. Um, anyway, Tottenham... The bigger picture there, though, Ian, right? The bigger picture there is pretty simple from Thomas Frank's perspective. You have a guy who's more interested in himself, seemingly, than the team and the well, result. We, we don't. We, we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't well, know well, well we do from his actions. No, no, look, players can make mistakes. Why go on, in, why, why go on Instagram after no. after and get involved in all that? You, you've lost the game. Keep your head I, down. Shut up. I, I agree with you, Chris. I agree with you, but I just don't think we should maybe judge his wider character on the on the back of one night. But all a bit strange. Tottenham, um, like we say, Ever, at Everton on Sunday. Now, there's a huge opportunity now for Tottenham. You look at the league table, it looks a little bit like it's going to be a shootout between them and Aston Villa for the Champions League. Um, terrific season under Ange Postacoglu. Um, some recent figures show that for the 2022-23 year, Tottenham were actually the biggest earners in London for the first time. They earned £549 million in revenue, which is more than Chelsea, more than Arsenal. In this era of FFP, when clubs can only spend what they earn, looks a little bit as though Daniel Levy's obsession with his sparking new stadium is beginning to bear fruit. Opportunity knocks for Tottenham over the next few years, doesn't it? <laughs> Why are you it laughing? Does. Uh, because I don't know whether this will this will enrage Tottenham fans as well because the currency they want is trophy currency, isn't it? Uh, so, you, you know, you can imagine Spurs fans thinking, well, this is great, but we want to win a trophy. We want to be competing. But, you know, it, it shows that the club has been well run, but it's about making the next step now, isn't it? And and, and, and getting a trophy or two under the belt. Yeah, there will be a certain certain type of sour Tottenham supporter who will exactly be saying that. And I know a couple of them, by the way. I'm not going to name them. I know a couple of them. They work in our office. Glass half empty characters. Um, but there you go. Before we move on to the next section, by the way, just talking about the Madison and Mopay spat. Um, 
we like this one. I'm keen to know who you think has come out on top of it. So if you go to Spotify, you can vote in our poll. Who came out the best of that one? James Madison, Neil Mopay. Now, another game that catches my eye this weekend, Luton at Newcastle. A bit of a good bounce back by Newcastle from their recent poor form in winning at Villa the other night. Lots of chat off the field about Newcastle, but that was a good performance on it. Now, Luton, all of a sudden, are out of the bottom three. Three wins out of their last five. And and they've got a real chance of staying up. We, we, all, we all wrote them off. You, me, every other pundit in the country wrote them off after about two months. They look like they've got a fighting chance. And what interests me particularly is that last season, when you look at the championship table, Luton, obviously, Luton came up through the playoffs. Luton finished 21 points behind champions Burnley and 11 points behind Sheffield United in second place. But the streets ahead of both of these teams in the Premier League this season. How's that happened? Bit of belief, uh, but more to do with structure and organisation and, and the manager. Uh, I don't know what you think, but if, if Luton stay up this season, there's only one manager of the season, and that has to be Rob Edwards, in terms of where they came from, their budget last season in the Championship. To, to actually keep them in the Premier League would be would be remarkable, but they're making more than a fist of it. And when you look at the money that Burnley uh, have spent, and even Sheffield United, I, I think, have, have, have outspent Luton. It's it, it, it's it, it's a real triumph for uh, for organisation uh, and belief, and and it's great to see players who have played at a at a lower level come to the Premier League and show that they can cut it. And uh, it, it 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 does look like that they've got enough to stay up now, but it's going to be. It, thrilling this sort of I think I think two are already down aren't they Burnley Sheffield United and there are a lot of teams who are in that mix for the for the last relegation spot it's interesting what you mentioned there about players who've come through the divisions and haven't previously had an opportunity at this level I think two players who two um let's say slightly risky transfers of Andros Townsend and Ross Barkley have really paid off for Rob Edwards both of them playing out the skin bought into the bought into the philosophy, bought into the the feeling around the club, the culture of the club, grasping chances to reignite their own careers. I, I love that. I love that. You know, I think Andros was, I think Andros went to Burnley. They had a look at him, they let him go, I think. Yeah, yeah. Pitches yeah. up at Luton and uh, absolutely killing it every weekend. But in terms of players who have had a different journey, um, centre forward Adebayo, Really impressive. Eight league goals now. Three the other night, I think, against Brighton. His backstory, Cheltenham, Swindon, Stevenage, Walsall. I saw him play against Man City in a game that, that Luton could have won before Christmas. Scored that day. Absolute handful. Ran the line energetically. Holds the ball up well. Proper number nine. Love watching that guy play. And it's hard not to feel sorry, not to feel happy for players like that. Yep, uh, you know you're absolutely right. He's and he's he's not the only one. Another uh, you know big player for them this season has been Carlton Morris. Um, you, mm. I don't know whether you're too familiar with him, but yeah, I sort of followed him closely because he was a, a Norwich City player. Went north of the border to play at, um, at Hamilton Ackies, and you're thinking he's miles away from the the finished article, miles away from the Premier League, but he's been such an important player and I, I, lo- I love the story about uh, Ross Barkley uh, a player who had the world at his feet and 
all of a sudden the wheels came off, things didn't work out for him, and he he, he goes to Luton. Uh, he he seems happy and is having a major role uh, to play in the in the team's relative success. Right before we finish, we have been. Um... Uh, those you've been paying attention will know that we've also been running um, some separate pods this week that Chris hasn't been on, but I have. Our It's All Kicking Off Transfer Week pods where we've been talking about all the comings and goings that have been um, uh, that have been happening across the Premier League and beyond in the last week of the transfer window. There's another one of those podcasts out today where I'll be uh, talking to Sammy Mottball, our chief football reporter. And tomorrow morning, by which time the window will have closed, myself, and Sammy and Craig Hope, our Northeast writer, will be getting together again for a transfer wrap-up. What I want to ask you, though, Chris, was something I've been asking them, which has been a very quiet window, not a lot of money being spent, not a lot of money around. Clubs have been a bit spooked by the FFP restrictions that have done for Everton and Nottingham Forest. But I do want to ask you, pretend you're a manager, put yourself in a manager's shoes. If you could buy one player for one Premier League club, this window, who would it be? Uh, if I was Chris Wilder, I'd buy Erling Haaland. <laughs> Facetious answer that, that that tells me that perhaps you haven't taken my question that seriously. But I'm going to go with it. Would <laughs> Erling... Right, if, if Erling Haaland started playing for Sheffield United this weekend, would Sheffield United stay up? No. No, they wouldn't. No, but you got to try. <laughs> they wouldn't, unless he could play. I mean, what a what a what a hypothetical game! Unless he could play up front, centre half, and in goal all at the same time. <laughs> right, I think we'll leave it there, mate. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks for listening. Um, remember, if you've got anything you want to say, particularly about the Mopay Madison thing or any of the issues we discussed on the on this program or anything at all about football, go to. Um, the review section or the comment section if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave your comments there and we'll pick them up. And also, while you're at it, let us know where you're listening from because we've had a bit of an analysis of our, our listenership or our audience, for want for, to find a better word, and we've discovered that there, there are people tuning in, people downloading this podcast all across the world, even people like places like Barbados and Bermuda. So let us know. Let us know where, you, where, where, you, where you're getting your, your it's all kicking off. Um, satisfaction from and um, yeah might be interesting to know thanks for being with us Chris um, I'll see you on Monday back in the studio for our next edition of It's All Kicking Off Monday show and until then enjoy your weekend of football Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.